the various problems in these communities continue to suffer from systemic racism because of policies that basically for, forego services that would benefit people. It's been six months since New York State took drastic measures like shutting down non-essential businesses to help combat the spread of COVID-19. But even though a lot has since reopened, the economic and health fallout still runs deep, especially among communities of color. I'm George Boldarki, and this is Community Dialogues, a program for frank discussions about race, racism, and racial justice. In New York City, the South Bronx is among the areas hardest hit by the coronavirus pandemic. The nonprofit organization BronxWorks says it's seen a sharp increase in the need for help. I recently talked with John Weed, Assistant Executive Director at BronxWorks. John, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. You're welcome. So for those not familiar with who Bronx Works serves, talk to us about the community that you serve. Uh, Bronx Works has been uh, in the Bronx uh, for uh, well over 40 years. And um, so we traditionally serve the South Bronx, so pretty much below Fordham Road area. Um, uh, We're in six or seven different uh, community boards. Uh, throughout the Bronx, and we operate out of 45 different locations. Are these largely communities of color? Largely, yes. Um, you know, we when we started, uh, you know, there was a transitioning uh, community uh, from what was once Jewish neighborhoods into um, immigrant communities. So, um, you know, I've been at the agency for a very long time, and I've seen a lot of um, change, uh, both in the types of immigrants that are coming in and, and also the residents that, uh, that live here. So it's been, um, interesting to see, um, you know, uh, in different neighborhoods, you see different, uh, community groups, um, immigrant groups coming in and, and you see a constant changeover in, in that, uh, demographic makeup. Well, here we are six months into the COVID-19 pandemic. How is the South Bronx faring? What are the issues that are playing out there? We've seen a a huge growth in uh, food instability. So what we were doing prior to the pandemic was sporadic pantries here and there. We had uh, a pantry at one of our large sites every other week, um, and it was only serving, you know, um, about 100 people. Now we that pantry um, has expanded to weekly, and we're serving over 200 people each week at that pantry. We've also opened up different pantries throughout the Bronx. So we have um, another pantry on Webster Avenue. We have at our senior centers, we're doing pantry services every week. So that that has been the one item that stands out for me is the amount of emergency food that we're providing for people. How are you able to meet those demands? We've been lucky enough to get some emergency grants from various foundations. Uh, So we got uh, grants from uh, Robin Hood Foundation, from United Way, uh, from various other organizations. And we've been able to hire people to work in those pantries and to also uh, purchase food. We also get uh, substantial food donations from the food bank in New York City. So that's another way we help support the, uh, the food 
increase that we've seen. So that's one one way that I've you know we've been able to try try to meet the needs of of the people in the Bronx. Another is through say our workforce development program. We're seeing a lot of people out of jobs, um, so that's been another uh, area that we're trying to help. Um, there are a number of sectors that we're working with, such as security and construction. And um, so those are areas that have great needs right now, and, and we're trying to fill those needs. I understand that about one in four Bronx residents were unemployed this summer. One in four. That's an astounding figure. I mean, that uh, in itself uh, um, shows you why people are needing food pantries even more, because they're not able to purchase food uh, in, in, in with income that they have. So... So we see that as a great need. And we should point out that even before the current crisis, the South Bronx had the highest rate of food insecurity in the city, right? Yes. So that's been a problem for a long time. It's only highlighted uh, more now because of the pandemic. Uh, So in addition to food pantries, we also operate two uh, different farm stands because beyond the fact that people can't uh, secure food, um, it's healthy food as well that people are having uh, a hard time and have been for many years uh, to secure here in the South Bronx because of the lack of um, access to those types of services. Yeah, John, talk to me more about the systemic problems that your organization is working to address. Problems like that, right? Like a lack of access to fresh fruits and vegetables in the South Bronx. So, you know, I mean, People say, well, there's a grocery store here, there, the other place, but uh, grocery stores are few and far between in the Bronx. And we have many bodegas, which largely sell, you know, um, on-demand items or needed necessities uh, or unhealthy things. So um, the fact of the matter is that the grocery store business in the South Bronx has not really catered to healthy eating in a long time. So in order to supplement that, a farm stand is a perfect way to go. So we operate two. Um, There's one operating right outside of the building that I'm in today. And and then we also supplement. It's very affordable. And we also work with the city to get these things called health bucks, which are coupons that people can use in order to lower the price of what we think is already affordable, but it gives them uh, an extra dollar or two to spend towards um, fresh fruits and vegetables. What are among the other deeply rooted issues that impact the South Bronx that you're working to turn around, that you've been working to turn around? You mentioned the fact that, you know, one in four people were unemployed. So that's, employment has been a systemic issue here for, for a long time for a variety of reasons. So we do have a workforce development department here at Bronx Works, uh, comprised of about 30 individuals. And uh, so more and more, we've been working to shore up various sectors. You see a lot of construction going on around the Bronx. Well, we want to make sure that some of those jobs go to local hiring and, and, and people who get trained here locally and then can work on job sites. So that's One thing that we've been doing, we've been working with a number of developers in the Bronx who are um, uh, building affordable housing and other uh, complexes to help um, hire 
from within, from locally within the communities that they're providing these, um, these, these building sites. So that's one thing. Security has also been another uh, sector that's grown. So we're working, you know, with the local community to try to get uh, people um, uh, educated for that and then placed in, in, in jobs. So workforce, and then of course, um, you know, education. Uh, so we do a lot of education here right now we're, we're helping the schools uh, fill their need because they can't fit enough people in their schools and socially distance and so forth. So we're, we're involved with this thing called learning labs, which um, actually bring kids from the local schools into our, some of our facilities so that they can do the remote learning in our site. And that alleviates the burden of the schools to um, uh, overpopulate, you know, what is now a dangerous time to over, overpopulate. John, as you said, you've been working in the South Bronx for a long time. Can we talk a little bit about systemic racism and how much of what's been plaguing the South Bronx really has been what's been plaguing communities of color throughout the nation? Yes. You know, when you when you look at the services that are in these communities, um, particularly in the South Bronx, where I've worked for basically my whole career, I've been here for 30 years. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the various um, problems in these communities uh, continue to suffer from from what systemic racism because of policies that basically for forego services that would benefit people right so the lack of the overcrowding in schools and the lack of available jobs are one way that people really cannot advance themselves um, and then when you factor in also a pandemic like this that only is, exasperates the, the problems, uh, this community will probably suffer for many years to come. So fair to say that an organization like yours is not only providing the services that people need here and now, you're really fighting systemic racism too by providing the opportunities that these communities simply have not had. That's right. So we're a trusted partner in the community. People know us. Uh, they feel comfortable coming to us. We have, just for example, our immigration program. We've been doing immigration services for almost as long as I've been at the agency. And that includes not only helping people with their citizenship applications and green card renewals and so, things like that, but also English language acquisition and classes. So We've been doing that for a number of years, and then we do wraparound services from there so that people can understand their rights, um, can help um, people talk to their teachers. Um, so there's a lot that goes into learning the language, but also understanding how the society works and being able to negotiate things on their own. We have this one program, it's a case management program, where uh, instead of doing for people uh, which really enables society to, 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 to prey on them, that, that we give them the tools so that they can do for themselves, right? So it's a case management 
program that really teaches how how to do for your own in the community so that you can be more self-sufficient in terms of um, uh, uh, getting the resources that you need in order for your family to thrive. John, what would you say have been the greatest lessons you've learned in the three decades that you've been working in the South Bronx and maybe lessons you've learned from the community itself, from the people that you work with? Well, um, I mean, I, I think that there are a lot of strengths among the people that live here in the community, and it's just a matter of harnessing those strengths in order to allow people to thrive. So, I mean, there's been a lot of people I've come in contact over the last 30 years who generally have the same wishes as everyone else, right? They want their families to be safe. They they want their children to be well-educated. They they want all those things. And they've just been faced with a lot of obstacles that have prevented some of those things being reality. So, I mean, Bronx Works really helps people in a wide range of ways, right? So, I mean, our after-school programs, for example, I have kids that come back sometimes and say, you know, I was in this after-school program and and it was really helpful and, you know, it allowed me to, to really go forward in life. I mean, we have after school programs, we have teenage programs. We can get a person in as a early childhood learning student at three years of age, and they can go through all of our programs all the way to adulthood. Um, and we do that and we do college prep, we do college uh, tracking of kids through college. So, you know, if you're lucky enough to come into our programs and follow it all the way through, um, you're in a safe place with us. Well, John, thank you for everything that you do. And, uh, you know, it's uh, fantastic to see the great work that Bronx Works continues to provide to the community. Obviously, what you've done before this pandemic and now what you're doing in the midst of this pandemic. So uh, thank you for all of that. And uh, kudos to all the great work. Thank you. Big thanks to John Weed, Assistant Executive Director at BronxWorks. More info about the organization at bronxworks.org. And that does it for this edition of Community Dialogues. Our music is courtesy of bensound.com. I'm George Boldarki. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>